The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. Have you ever wondered why you're here? Ever contemplated your relationship and wondered what purpose it serves in your life? What about those difficult relationships? They don't serve any purpose except to punch your buttons, right? In the dark of night, when you're lying there tossing and turning, do you ever think about this notion of purpose? Ever ask, what's the point? Well, our guest today is going to talk with us about this whole issue of purpose, and maybe we'll all just get a little bit of the point. Dorothy Rattusney is a Canadian psychotherapist specializing in cognitive therapy, the author of two books, The Purpose of Love and Live Your Life's Purpose, a consultant for numerous corporations, a frequent guest of various Canadian radio shows, and a co-host of the radio show Women's World Word. She is a leader in the area of self-actualization and personal growth and has been acclaimed as one of the most gifted therapists of our time. With her cognitive approach, Dorothy combines her knowledge of Eastern philosophy, Christian theology, mysticism, and metaphysics in working with her clients to offer skill-based principles and techniques within a model of guided discovery, creating a holistic approach to personal empowerment and authentic living. Welcome, Dorothy, to the show. We're so glad to talk with you today. Thank you, Andrea. So great to be here. All right. Well, we're going to just jump right in there and talk a little bit about um, living your life's purpose. First, I want to uh, uh, tell the listeners that the uh, subheading for your book is a guidebook for creating and living a purposeful life. And so the way the book is written is in a way that sort of gives subheadings and and, paragraphs paragraphical sort of um, insights and awarenesses and also gives people a chance to work in the book itself on how to uh, create a purposeful life. So let's talk about this whole thing of purpose before we go any further. Why do you think we have to know what our purpose is? Well, I, I think that's a wonderful question to start with. I, I can't help but observe, not just in my practice but in the world, that when we're doing something and we have a purpose or an intention behind it, it's so much more successful. It's so much more satisfactory. It's so much more fulfilling. And the whole notion of purpose to me is is about having a reason or an intention of what we do and of, of who we are. And it it just seemed to follow that... Um, when I was working with clients who were struggling with their life, a big part of that was because they really didn't have a sense of purpose in it. Okay, so really what you're saying basically is that it sort of brings more conscious awareness and intention to any, anything we're doing, sort of puts everything together in a perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. And 
those are good words, and I use those words in the book because we have to first be aware, aware of ourself, aware of ourselves in our life to be able to then draw from that and to know what our purpose is going to be. Yeah, and, and absolutely, and it sort of just gives you uh, that whole sort of total perspective on your life. One of the things that I've noticed is that, is that um, it sort of tones your story. It's, you know, we've all, we got, all of us have a story about our right. past and about our present, and then, you know, so a purpose, a sense of what you're doing here sort of helps you go, oh, well, I can see why that happened in my life because it got me to this because this is my purpose. Exactly. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still kind of a little bit in awe of people that um, are living their life day to day um, and not really looking at the bigger picture, not looking at the whole in terms of, well, what am I really here for? And when I say in awe, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it as I am in awe of them, but I'm kind of like in awe of it in the sense that, how can one um, how can one not look at the bigger picture and when you start to do that when you start to think about okay well even on a on a very um, practical level like your job and your career if I look at where I am today what I'm doing for a career well then I can look back and go well this and this and and that job and this experience they all served a purpose to help me do what I'm doing now, and they all serve to give me different experiences and life skill sets. And so you can draw the line backwards and bring it up to where you are currently, but then I also say to, to clients, okay, draw the line forward. And what that means is think about what you would like the purpose of your life to be. And sometimes we're called to something and that becomes our purpose. We have, we have a calling or a, an idea or, or something happens in our life that moves us in such a way that we're drawn to, to live our life very differently, but we also get to choose our destiny, and we get to choose what we want in our life. So with that comes the need to be purposeful. So you're so okay. So it's possible then. What you're saying is that we we may be drawn to something, but we can tell ourselves no and not do it. Well, um, I'm saying that 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 happens. But if you are drawn to something, if we're drawn to something that really moves us and and we're passionate about, usually that's a really good indicator that that's something that is going to help us find our purpose. In fact. One of the exercises in the book, and you talked about the layout, and I really wanted to make it much like a workbook where people can actually do exercises in the book as they read along. And one, one exercise is completely devoted to figuring out what our purpose is. So I go through a series of Socratic questions, and some of those questions are things like, you know, what do you most enjoy doing, or what are you really good at, or what brings you joy, or, or if you had a billion dollars, how would you spend your day? So these are all questions guiding the reader to think about what are some things that they're passionate about, what are some things that they really want from their life, and that helps draw them toward a purpose. So you, you, you can say no to that. If something is, is drawing you to it, you can say no, as per your question, but most of the time, if you're being drawn to something, it's for a reason. I'm always, I'm always reminding people to look at those, you know, experiences or those mystical sort of happenings that aren't really coincidences at all. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, synchronicity. Yeah. So, yes. um, 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about um, in tradition, so much of traditional religion, what we have been, what we have learned is that sometimes our, I won't say it that way, let me say it differently. Um, from traditional li- living, we get guidance sometimes that is, oh, if you feel guilty about something, then that's your calling. And I've, I've worked with so many people over the years that, and have learned that really guilt is not a calling at all. It's a part of our dysfunction. Our calling is, what, as you've said, something we're drawn to, something that we feel passionate about, something that we are delighted in that really intrigues us, that just we, we seem to keep doing it or going back to it in some kind of fashion. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the guilt and the fear, if I may, comes from judgment. It comes from deciding we shouldn't do something or that, you know, we really should do this or so-and-so wants us to do that and we should follow what they say. But when you are really authentic, um, and of course we know that word, um, yeah. and, you're drawn, and you're drawn to something and you allow yourself to go and explore it and experience it, that passion, that draw is probably going to become stronger. And it is very much, as you said, about being very honest with yourself. Many clients, you know, who are struggling with their, their life's purpose, they know what they want to do. They know, for example, that they want to quit their job as an accountant and they want to, for example, start to buy and renovate homes because they love carpentry. But they won't allow themselves to do that because of what their spouse says or what their, their family says or their culture. And some of the, the biggest struggles people have isn't so much even of, of, knowing what their purpose and passions are, but being able to allow themselves to go forward and do those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So we have to give ourselves permission to, to engage our life's purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's a good word, permission. Yep. Okay. So um, we have just a few more minutes before the break, but I want to ask, how do you see, I know you do from your book, how do you see a self-esteem fitting into that whole paradigm? Oh, beautiful. When you have low self-esteem or low self-worth, it becomes really hard to, to see the bigger picture. It becomes really hard to dream about what's really important because your lower self-esteem holds you back. All of these negative thoughts or critical thoughts um, that, that dissuade you from what you really want to do stand in the way. And so... When I work with clients, whether it is to find out what their purpose is or to help them create it, self-esteem has to be an integral component of that. They may have good self-esteem, but there might be aspects of their self-esteem or self-worth that need to still grow and improve. And so that, that is what I will help them with because it goes hand in hand. And as they, as they start to move in that direction of what fulfills them and what's purposeful in their life, they're going to actually receive the support and receive um, not just the gratitude, but the fulfillment that's also going to help build their self-esteem. But they actively, and this is key, they actively also have to be working on building self-esteem in order to help them get to that point where they can live their, their purpose. Right, and that's pretty much a lifelong project, right, this whole thing about self-esteem. It is. I love the analogy, Andrea, of self-esteem is on a continuum. And a continuum, as we know, is, is endless. So you don't ever stop working on your self-esteem. And I don't mean ego here, and when, when we know that's a, separately, it's a separate concept altogether, but as you live your life, 
if you're actively working on your self-esteem, you'll understand this. You can actually get to a place where you can just come from a place of love and be loved with people, be loving unconditionally of yourself, in your world, because you have healthy self-esteem. You can nurture others. You can assist others. You can help others because you have the ability to do so because of the work you've done on yourself. Right, right. Yeah, that that old analogy follows that if you if you love yourself, you're much more able to love other people. Absolutely, and give to them. It's some good food for thought, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. And you know that whole idea that we didn't we didn't come here to serve other people; we came here to be here. Uh, so we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews. This is Authentic Living, and today we're talking to Dorothy Ratuzny. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Dorothy Ratuzny, uh, a Ph.D. candidate at um, the American Institute of Holistic Theology, who is the sponsor for our show. And I wanted to just ask you, Dorothy, would you mind telling our listeners just a little bit about your experience with the American Institute of Holistic Theology? Well, absolutely. I'm so glad that they exist because when I was looking to uh, a Ph.D. program, I started locally in uh, Toronto, and when I went through the different syllabus of what was offered and the courses, it just didn't feel right with what I was looking to do and the the genre I was looking to to follow. And so when I came across the school, and because it's distance learning, I can do so much of the, the coursework from where I am and, and, and continue and finish and so forth, it was a perfect fit. And, and the, the amazing thing for me, and, and it's... Uh, hopefully going to become more prevalent is that AIHT's got such an incredible, um, varied birth, if you will, of, of coursework and, and, and training and, and programs that allow you to study things you would never be able to study in a, in a typical university. So spirituality and, and my program, Metaphysics, allows me to take courses on topics that I've always been interested in and have dabbled in learning on my own, but now I've got sort of a, a structured program, a science, if you will, to follow. So it's just been a wonderful experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things about... American Institute, I think, is that's really cool. Is it's a real education? I mean, there was so there's so many uh, over the past ten years. Really, there's been so many schools that have popped up that, um, to put it uh, just real bluntly, there have been sort of diploma mills that really don't provide you a real education. But the American Institute really does provide you with a real education with a really strong curriculum, and uh, I've been real pleased to to see that curriculum. And I really think, like yourself, a lot of people are benefiting from it. Absolutely. So thanks for sharing Absolutely. that with our listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so, okay, um, I want to talk, we were talking just before the break about this whole thing of, of, of what it means to develop self-esteem in the midst of that, and some of the ideas that are put forth in, your, in the book Live Your Life's Purpose, and I want to talk just a little bit about that one and then go on to um, the purpose of love. Um, you mentioned ego in uh, the last segment when you were talking about self-esteem, can you help the listening audience get a feel for what you see as the distinction between self and ego? Right. Okay, good question. So if you think about, and I like how you put it, self and ego. So if you think about the self, you've got, as I see it, the part of yourself that's very um, honest, very authentic. The... Um, part that's when you're there in that space it's it's very easy to be who you really are and that usually is about you know being kind and considerate and generous and caring when you come from a place of ego for whatever reason um, that you're in that place um, your your true self your authentic self 
is hidden. It's like it's it's covered up. And what's in its place is this portrayal of who we want others to see or who we want to be in that moment for whatever reason, whether out of fear or insecurity or vulnerability or envy. And when you're in your place of ego, um, you really lose the ability to be loving on an unconditional level, on a, on a really authentic level. And so not only is that usually you know, easily seen by others, but it inhibits you from so much. So, for example, connecting with somebody, walking down the street and smiling at a stranger, if you're in your place of ego, you wouldn't really be able to do that. You might walk by that stranger and think, oh, well, you know what, like, look at that hat that they're wearing, or, oh, well, you know, they must be skipping school because they're out at 2 o'clock, or your, your, your mind is, is conjuring up so many kinds of things that, they keep you in that place and that are very judgmental, whereas in the earlier example, if you're coming from your true self, you're just simply being, and that usually is about being of spirit. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That was beautiful. Okay. And I, oh, yeah, you said you. that very clearly. That was that the, the whole idea of ego is, is not a place where we can really love unconditionally, and that is... That is uh, unique, I think, to your book that that it puts that forth so well that what you're trying to say so much about in your book is that that purpose has everything to do with love. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good connection to make. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and self love as well. I mean we tend to think that love is all about other people, but it's really it's really self love and first for first and foremost, I think, before it becomes anything else. Um, I've work with so many it people is. over the years that have said things like, well, you know, we're here to serve other people, and, and my response to that is always, well, who's serving you? you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're not just yeah. here to serve other people. We're here to live, and part of that is, is being there with and for other people. But part of exactly. that is being there with and for ourselves as well. Would you agree? Exactly. It's interesting, if I could for a moment, um, self-love, it's interesting um, phrase or, 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 or concept because we hear it all the time and it almost becomes a bit of a cliche, but to really like and love yourself requires some inner reflection, some focus, some work because there's, I think I'm, I could probably in general speak for a lot of us to say that there's probably parts of ourselves we don't necessarily like or love, but the idea is that we need to feel good about who we are. We need to like and love most of who we are. And there might be things we're working on to improve, but we need to embrace all of who we are right now as we are, as we are, even while we're working to improve ourselves. And I think sometimes, and I love how you brought it up, because I think the notion of self-love gets kind of lost. We sort of attach it to some sort of psycho babble or, you know, self-help, something, something, and really it's such a profound thing that, A, most of us have never learned how to do, and we learn, we learn that first from our family of origin, and B, we don't often really truly practice it or give it the credit that it needs. Yeah, and we've got so many uh, concepts out there that really tell us not to do that, that, you know, uh, I work with so many young people who say, well, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about yourself all the time, you're selfish or 
uh, uh, also older people who say, well, if you think about yourself all the time, you're arrogant. And mm. my response to that is how in the world can you live in this body inside your psyche, inside your mind, without ever thinking about yourself? Right. Yeah, it's, it's a, self, um, selfish is a word I would really love to <laughs> throw out Go of the English it. language. Go for um, it. Go for it. Me yeah. too. It's, it's, it's so clear, and I appreciate that you, you think the same way, that if you're not taking care of yourself emotionally, psychologically, physically, in every respect, spiritually, how can you be for others? How can you give to others? How can you help in the way that you may want to help? And so it's, you know, with that analogy of, of the, the oxygen mask in the airplane that you need to put on first, that symbolizes so much in our, in our life because we need to be able to take care of ourselves before we can possibly give to others. And the more you give to yourself, here's the irony, the more we give to ourselves, the more we're able to give to others. And people don't understand that concept. The, the more I'm able to make sure that my fundamental, my foundational pillars are there, whether that's sleep or exercise or healthy eating, whatever those meditation, prayer, whatever those pillars are for me, the more that I'm able to ensure I have those in my life, the more easy it is for me to be able to give to others. And that's so true. Yep. So we're talking about self-nurturing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and self-love, because as you nurture yourself... Um, it's a display of, of, of affection and love to oneself and care. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I want to move just a little bit, and we just have a few more minutes before the break, but I want to just, this is a t- tough subject to tackle before in a short time, but I want to see if we can briefly just discover, discover what you mean when you say forgiveness is a part of learning your life's purpose. Ooh, I'm so glad you touched on that. Um, Where do I start? <laughs> if you if you if you learn if you learn about the possibility of forgiveness, whether that's for yourself and or for others, you free yourself to live your life in the very best way that you can for you. With forgiveness comes the ability to heal yourself and to heal your relationships with others, but it allows you healing, which then allows you to be able to facilitate and do what it is you're meant to do. So forgiveness is necessary for guilt, for envy, for resentments, for anger, for all the things we do because of our humanness that then hold us back. And so... Again, it may sound trite, but it's important to acknowledge the mistakes we make, and even in a small way, outwardly or inwardly, to be able to forgive ourselves and to let go and to be able to know what we need to do instead and move forward. Does that, does that bring the two together? Does that absolutely, make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Beautifully said. I, I, I think that's probably the best definition I've heard of yet. Well, I have, uh, just to let you know and let the listening audience know as well, I have a little problem with that word. Um, sometimes I call it the F word because <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a boogie bear and it's so fraught with so many um, traditional overtones and undertones and it's come to 
means something to do with atonement, which means sort of if I forgive you, then you're free of what you did, which I really don't want you to be free of it. I want you to have it because you are to blame, <laughs> you know. And so we yeah. end up in this inner conflict about, okay, well, I can forgive you, but I, I need to forgive, but I can't forgive you because I, I don't want you to be really atoned or relieved of your guilt. So, But it really has nothing to do with that. What you're saying is that it has to do with your life's purpose in that, it, it, as you are able to forgive yourself and others, you are able to get clear so that you lighten your load and you're able to move down the road you want to go on a little bit better. Exactly. I, I see atonement as being different. And, and forgiveness, it isn't, it isn't necessarily for the other person or the other thing or the situation. It's forgiveness for yourself to free yourself. Exactly. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And we, well, let's we come back and talk some more about it after the break because we're, we're running out of time on this one, but we'll be right back in just a minute with more from Dorothy Rettusney. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back uh, for our third segment of uh, Authentic Living, talking today with Dorothy Ratuzny about her two books, uh, The Purpose of Love and Live Your Life's Purpose. We've been talking over the previous two segments about Live Your Life's Purpose, purpose, and we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that and then move on to The Purpose of Love. I wanted to let you finish up talking about forgiveness. You were on a roll there, and I had to cut you off. Sorry about that um, last time. So um, forgiveness, this whole concept that where you were going last time was based on the idea that it's not for our others, it's for ourselves. So you want to finish that up? Yes, thank you. And thank you for asking the question. So we were talking about the notion that while I think culturally we, we sort of think of forgiveness as something we do for someone else, that's really more atonement. That's more saying, um, you know, I forgive you and, you know, it's okay and you don't have to, you know, worry about our relationship because it's, it's mending, it's healing, and I'm not going to hold any, any grudges towards you. But forgiveness is truly for the individual. And so even for a client, I'm sure you've experienced this with your practice, when a client understands what forgiveness truly is and that it's for them, it's for them to be able to heal and to be able to go forward and to be able to let go, it's like it opens up a whole new world to them, and it's like, well, well, yeah, of course I have to forgive because it's for me. And I think maybe somewhere we haven't educated enough um, culturally what it's about, but it's really important that we remember it's to free us. It's to free us to be able to do the things that we need to do and not to be able not to hold ourselves down or hold ourselves back from whatever it is that we've done wrong, um, but rather to be able to to let go of that, and, and forgiveness is the method through which we do that. Right, right. Very well put. Thank you. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit in the light of forgiveness. Let's talk a little bit about relationship. <laughs> um, this whole idea of relationship is is another one that's fraught with all kind of fantasy and all kind of uh, uh, agendas and manipulations and all kinds of things that we've been taught literally sometimes that. You know, when we were in high school, when we talked to parents about how to win that boy or how to win that girl, sometimes the advice we got was, well, now don't tell them that or don't show them that or play hard to get or, you know, in other words, play the games. But your book is much more real than that, and you're talking about the real purpose of, of love. So generally speaking, what do you think the purpose of love is? Oh, thank you for asking. The purpose of love is to learn about ourselves, to heal and to grow as human beings, to be able to experience what it's like to love another being unconditionally and to receive that unconditional love and what that feels like. And the purpose of love is also to be able to let go of, as I said, heal, but also to let go of the wounds of the past. So in other words, you could be in a healthy love relationship currently and through 
that relationship and the, and the love you receive from your partner, you can actually heal old wounds from past relationships. So the purpose of love is manyfold. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> One of the things that you talk about in this book is dating, which is a real pain in the pizzazz for a lot of people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, all right, there's some general guidelines for, um, for um, dating that you talk about. And one of the things that you say in the book is that you not have to know what you want. And I kind of hear that as when we're dating, we're not just going out to have fun, although, you know, there is a time for that as well. But we're also sort of interviewing, if you will, in some kind of way uh, to try to find out if this person has the potential to be a partner. Is that true? Absolutely. And, and like Live Your Life's Purpose, this book, The Purpose of Love, I wrote with exercises. I also, in both books, have numerous um, stories from clients' real lives to illustrate the points and the, the theories I'm talking about. So one of the things in this chapter, and I could not write a chapter on dating, um, is that we need to look at dating as opportunities to practice. And with every relationship, it's like if you're, if you're aware of what it is you want in an ideal partner, then every relationship is like a stepping stone toward that. So one of the exercises in the book is about creating a list of all of the ideal qualities that you'd want in a mate. Now, it, it's funny because after the book came out, I, I heard other, you know, um, infamous people talking about this notion. But the important thing that I, that I speak about in the book is that it needs to be crystal clear. And I'm not sure if, if, if others talk about this, but all the qualities from things like they don't mind taking the garbage out every week to um, they uh, like making coffee because I don't like making the coffee to um, they're a clean freak to they smoke, they don't smoke, they like driving. All of the, the criteria as well as some of the more fundamental qualities like loving, loyal, trustworthy, honest, kind. I ask clients to make an elaborate, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's really not because once we start thinking about it, we know what we want. And I ask them to make an elaborate list of all the qualities and the traits and the mannerisms. And I say, you know, look at, look at you know, TV shows, look at people you know, look around and, and find out what it is you really want to be very, very clear. And it's interesting because when clients talk about their ultimate ideal love relationships and the ones that have made this list invariably say, you know what, there was like 97% of the things you said of, of my list or of I, that I said that was on my list that you told me to write that are in this person. So... I hear, I hear the feedback about how rewarding it, it's been for them to find that person, but only because they knew exactly what they're looking for. And as you said, it's much easier to find what you want when you know exactly what you're looking for. Right, so, absolutely. So people, and I have actually experienced that in my own personal life. I actually made that list, and I actually have yeah. a partner now. So. Yeah, I do know that works. I want to be your testifier there. <laughs> but, but the other thing is that, you know, when we don't make a list, what happens is we just take whatever randomly comes along and, and, and we may or may not, we, well, what may happen is that we may just get back involved with somebody who's really addressing old unresolved issues that we've re, 
we're re we're re sort of reenacting an old childhood issue with someone else because we haven't resolved it yet. Precisely. And, and creating a list is more than just writing things down. As you know, it's about thinking about what it is you want. And in order to do that, you need to also think about some of the patterns in old relationships and some of the ways that you've behaved in old relationships, too. So usually when a client and I are talking about this ideal mate list, it's, it's usually out of a session where they're in a relationship that's no longer healthy or adding to the quality of their life, or they're looking for a, a partner. And so it, it does usually tie into a time when they're looking at themselves and looking at what have they learned from past relationships and what hasn't worked and how come. And, and you're right, it's, much, it's, far more, it's far more than just putting down qualities. It's really about delving into who I am, who I'm becoming, and who I want to share the rest of my life with. Yes, yes, it's a much deeper journey than just um, just uh, making a Christmas shopping list, right? <laughs> right, right. Not to take away from the importance of knowing, because that's what it is. The list is about knowing, but, but you're right. It, it, it's much deeper than that, and that's often the journey clients are on when, they, when, they're, when they're coming in talking to me about this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very often they've been already uh, into a bad re- or relationship. I'll, I'll use the term bad because that's what they use. I've been in the bad relationship. I don't want another one. How can I make sure that doesn't happen again? Right, and, and, and also I always remind people, the better you know yourself, the easier it is to be able to figure out what you want. And so you can't actually even make the list until you've done some introspection, you've done some work on yourself because you need to begin the journey of, okay, who was I in these previous relationships? What did I do? How come I did that? Do I want to still be doing that? And, and what kind of person do I want to be with that's going to allow me to be the person that I'm becoming? And, and it's so true. The higher evolved you are, the more likely the person that's going to be attracted to that is going to also be more highly evolved as well. The more work you do in yourself, allows you to be with somebody who's also done more work on themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well put, too. I, I think that, that notion that we, are, um, we, we do keep encountering unresolved issues until we resolve them is very important. And so if you set out consciously to say, I'm going to get to know myself, I'm going to find out what is in there that's unresolved and begin to resolve it in a, in a way that's very conscious, personal resolution rather than projecting that out onto another person and then trying to work it out with them again, uh, you just get there faster and it's just much more, uh, you, you don't have to go through all the pain and drama of another heartbreak and another dramatic relationship to do that. You just get busy working on yourself. Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the, um, one of the pieces of feedback that I've heard the most that have been surprising for readers is that they pick up this book and they read it, and the purpose of love speaks something to them, and yet they, they come back to me and they say, you know what, this is really a lot about me figuring out myself and learning about myself and improving me. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a big part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and a big part of the relationship. You're half of the relationship. Absolutely. So if you're not figuring yourself out, then you're not figuring out your half of the relationship. <laughs> well, All quite. right, so we're going to come back in just a few minutes and talk for our last and final segment with Dorothy Ratuzny 
about her book, The Purpose of Love, a guidebook for defining and cultivating your most significant relationships. Don't miss it. Be back in just a few minutes. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, it's sad but true but we're, that we're on our final segment talking with Dorothy Rattusny today. Dorothy, you've been a very enjoyable guest to talk to, and I want to make sure that our listeners have a way to make contact with you and uh, at least learn about you. Um, so tell us, tell us about your website and anything else you'd like for the listeners to know. Well, thank you, and it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, probably the easiest and the most direct way for people to learn a little bit more about who I am and my work is through the website. They can also contact me directly from there. There's a link to my email address. So the website address is www.dorothyratusney.com, and I'll spell that. It's D-O-R-O-T-H-Y-R-A-T-U-S-N-Y.com. And, of course, they can go to to uh, Seventh Wave Network and click on the show for, for information. But what's coming up, what's really exciting for me, <laughs> I have to laugh. I, 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 I never thought I would be doing this, but I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm going to be starting a blog, and it's probably going to be up and running before the end of this month in January. As well, I'm going to be doing some, some live and... Um, uh, I guess they're going to be on podcast for later view. Um, sort of series on, on up, uploaded to, to YouTube. So people will be able to sort of see and hear me, not just read um, some of my written work from the website. So all of that will be linked up to the website. And there's a lot of articles already there as well as excerpts from the books that they can look at. So I do invite listeners to have a look. Thank you. Cool. Very cool. That sounds really exciting. I look forward to seeing Thank you. that. Thank you. All right. Well, there's another question that I want to talk about before we close out today, and it's one of the one of the things that I think is is it's very difficult for us to consider, but also very true. One of the comments you make in the book is that not all relationships are meant to last. So yes. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yes. Um, you're absolutely right. It's not something we actually want to hear or even talk about. Um, when couples come in to see me and I work with individuals as well as couples, a lot of times couples will use therapy, as you know, I'm sure, as sort of a last effort to save the relationship. And many times even a couple will come in where one person has already decided to end. And the therapy is more about how to end this and close it off and or understand why it's ending. But one of the concepts in the book, The Purpose of Love, is about we don't just have one relationship in our life and it lasts forever. I mean, that, that, that can occur on occasion. But most often we, we date, we have different girlfriends or boyfriends, and those relationships end and then new ones start. And we may end up finding somebody that we decide we're going to marry and spend what remains of the rest of our life with them. But even there, at that point, we've already had a number of relationships. We, we almost never just have one. Almost never. So just the idea that relationships do end is proven in our life. And we forget that. And I think what most of us don't realize is 
prior to the 16th century, there was no formal legalized institution of marriage. Marriage was a couple usually the woman going to the partner or the husband's home and cohabitating with him, and that was considered marriage. And before religion and laws came into place, um, it was very simple. And so what we've created, not only as an institution, has is, is changed so much and, and put a lot of different parameters and, and rules to it, but the way in which we think about relationships and, and, and forever um, probably needs to change as well. And so... The reason why that um, I, I want to just reiterate to people that not every relationship is meant to last can be um, for a number of reasons. One is maybe we just haven't chosen very well at the beginning. We've chosen for, you know, reasons that aren't really authentic to us and or um, we haven't been honest with ourselves about why we've, we've, you know, stayed in the relationship or, or been with that person. We also don't realize that we all change as time goes on. So, and this is really prominent when I, when I talk to one member of a couple who are looking to separate, and I say, you know, um, if you were to meet this person today, would you choose them as a partner? And they would almost invariably say no. So because we, we change, our choices for a partner changes as well. And relationships have completions. I mean, we may... We may accomplish all the things that relationship um, is meant for. And, and then it comes to a, a certain completion. In the book, I talk about spiritual incompatibility and spiritual compatibility and soulmate relationships and different reasons why relationships last forever and why some don't. And I think it's just really important to mention that relationships do end and that there's a purpose to that. Right, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have failed. Not at all. We've, again, attached these words, right, and, and that's a good point. It, it means that the circumstances are such that that person or the relationship is no longer adding to the quality of our life. It doesn't mean we need to give up. It means that we need to acknowledge when it's not right anymore, and it can be not right for a number of reasons. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that because I think it does need to be said. On the other hand, it is possible to have a, la- a lasting commitment with a with a partner, and and so there are some specific things you mentioned in the book about that as well when you talked about the soulmate relationship. So, just we don't have a whole lot of time left, but but if you could just give, well, you know what, we're out of time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna have you know what, you're gonna have to go to her website to get that information. Sorry about that. So, Dorothy, thank you so much for being on our show today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Next week we're going to be talking with Dan Millman, the uh, author of The Peaceful Warrior. So tune in for that exciting uh, show next week. And uh, don't forget, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.